My name is Merrill Dubro, CEO of Mark Research. I'm a 35-year veteran of the research and insights community and the host of our podcast, On The Mark. On The Mark is focusing on executives and thought leaders in the world, sharing their insights, strategies, and personal experiences. I promise this podcast will be filled with tough, pointed questions with real, insightful, and emotional answers. Today's guest is my good friend, Rick Rooster Hurwitz. Rick, welcome to the On The Mark podcast. Oh, Merrill, thank you for having me. I'm really excited. All right, Rick, you know, the podcast, we're only doing 56 of these, one for every year that Mark Research has been in business. But today I'm going to go in a little bit different direction. Most I have, um, I've had salespeople on, I've had entrepreneurs on, talking about leadership and a lot of other things. Today we're going in a different direction. You and I have been friends for many, many, many decades. We played a lot of sports together. And today we're going to talk just about sports memorabilia, about the industry, how you and I got into it, our affinity towards it, and some of your favorite pieces and mine as well. So let's start with this, Rick. How did you get into the sports memorabilia, you know, aspect of it? Did you go to a lot of sporting events with your dad as a kid? I went to a lot of sporting events with my family and definitely had a great time doing that. It's kind of interesting because you and I are roughly the same age. Yep. And we grew up in a very interesting time for the sports memorabilia cycle. When you and I were growing up, I mean, I loved to collect baseball cards. And being from Boston, loving the Red Sox, there was nothing better in the spring than when my mother would buy a box of those wax pack baseball cards. My brother and I would sit there and go through them. And our only goal was to get the Red Sox players. We wanted that whole team. We didn't care if we got Hank Aaron or Nolan Ryan or Pete Rose. The value of the cards meant nothing. It was just the fun of collecting. And then a few years later, as the 80s came in, suddenly cards became valuable, memorabilia started to become valuable, and there was a major shift in the whole dynamics of how people collected and why. And, you know, I know we're going to talk about the pieces and things that that mean stuff. To me, the value of the memorabilia that you and I have is the memories it brings us back to. Yeah. No, you're right about that. It's it's funny, Rick, because I kind of got into it with my dad. As you know, I grew up at Fenway Park. I That would be my thing that I would do with my dad. We would go to Fenway probably together maybe 30, 35 times a year. I would always do things backwards. So in the, you know, first inning, I'd have a, an ice cream and then I'd have, you know, a hot dog and then I would have some popcorn and then I'd have another hot dog. I never did anything in the right order. It was always weird. You know, I sat close to, you know, we were in the fifth row at Fenway Park. In fact, for the 1975 World Series, you know, because we've talked about it, he sat three rows in front of Bowie Kuhn, who was the commissioner of baseball at the time. And in fact, after the 75 World Series, most people don't remember, you were allowed to run onto the field. So when the Red Sox lost to the Reds in 75 and then October night, I was one of the first people because we were so close to the field to run onto the field. And I can see the old footage and actually see myself, what I was wearing and how young I was back in the day. But it, but it's, it, it just brings back so many memories. And, and like you, I only collected baseball cards. 
So football cards, no. Hockey cards, no. The Big Bad Bruins, that was afterwards. It was always about baseball cards. And it was always like you about, you know, Red Sox. And it's funny because early on, if you remember, Renato Galasco was out of New York. It was a New York memorabilia um, company. And I remember getting all the plastic sheets that you would put in. It, it basically had enough for 18 cards back to back. And I would put in and I would try to get the complete sets and I would put them in these plastic sheets and I still have them. So it's funny, like when other kids were putting them on their bike, you know, Rick, you remember when they would put them on their bike to make a noise, they would flap around. I never did that, you know, because to me, they were precious. You remember those days? Well, yeah, I never did the bike. What we did as friends is we would flip the cards for colors. So you, if you matched up the colors, you got the pot. And that was just a ton of fun. And we just loved it. And the cards never had a value. And it's really something that, unfortunately, the next generation of kids growing up kind of lost that innocence that you and I had, where we just enjoyed the cards. The players stayed on the same teams. That's another aspect of the memorabilia department that has changed. So many players, when we were growing up, when they were on a ball club, they were they were there for forever. And they were part of the fabric of you growing up. And as the 80s came on and free agency really became a major part of all sports, we started to lose that connection to a lot of players, which is unfortunate. Yeah, Rick, you know, it's interesting because back in the day when we were growing up, we always knew we'd have... Jim Rice on the Red Sox, and Yastrzemski, who played for 20 years, and Dwight Evans, even though he ended his career, I believe, in Baltimore for a year. We always knew these guys. They didn't move. From, and and, and it, you're right. It's very interesting because now, even if you look at, take LeBron James, which arguably is the greatest, maybe one of the greatest basketball players of all times, what are the teams he played for? Is he going to be known for Cleveland? Is he going to be known for Miami? Is he going to be known for the Lakers? I, you know, who knows, right? And it is interesting. Let's talk about this. What are some of your favorite pieces that you have and you've collected over the years? Well, so some of my favorite pieces are things that I have and that tied to my childhood and my family. My father, when he grew up, he was a big fan of Ted Williams. I'm a big fan of Carl Yastrzemski. That's who I grew up with. I have two boys. They grew up with Pedro Martinez, Nomar Garcia Parra growing up. So I happen to have from my grandmother a baseball signed to my father from Ted Williams. I have one signed from Yastrzemski to me, and my kids have them signed by Pedro and Nomar. It's that kind of connection straight through. Um, I have... Uh, some interesting pieces where I have uh, the actual picture from the photographer that took Roger Clemens's 20 strikeout performance in 1986 against Seattle. He took the picture and then made about a hundred of them signed by Clemens where the back has a full detail of that night. So that's kind of fun. And, And the one thing I really do cherish is as I grew up as a kid, I collected baseball cards, football cards, and I have the complete sets pretty much from 1967 to 19, about 86, 87, when I felt that the memorabilia of collecting baseball cards spiraled out of control. And I 
put those collections together pretty much by hand growing up, buying the cards individually. So that was really a lot of fun to me. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, we've spoke about it numerous times. Growing up in Boston, you are instilled. The first time you can talk, it's almost, I hate the New York Yankees. Those are the first words that most of our parents taught us, right? And when I think about some of my favorite pieces of memorabilia, and I have a ton of memorabilia in my house that's hanging up, and my workout room is jammed, the office is jammed upstairs, and the game room is jammed with stuff. My office at work has probably 150 things signed. Um, But some of my favorite things, I hate to even say this, Three of the four famous things, my favorite things are actually attached to the New York Yankees. Like I have Derek Cheaters, um, the first write-up on him as a baseball player. You know how they get the scouting reports? I have his first scouting report ever on for Derek Cheater. And I actually bought a couple of those and I got I sent one to Steve Schlesinger as well. That's a favorite piece because it's different. I also have in 1973, you know, back in the day, if you remember, when George Steinbrenner bought the bought the Yankees, there was no security and there was no suites at Fenway Park. So they sat in the stands. If you're looking at the Yankees dugout, they sat to the left of that and, and he, you could go up to him. So I went to Mr. Steinbrenner in 73, right after he bought the team. And I have a perfect signature from him. It's probably worthless. Maybe it's worth a couple hundred bucks. But the memory, because I was there with my dad, is is amazing. And then my favorite, one of the other favorite pieces is that, that I have that somebody gave me is, do you remember, Bruce, the old popcorn um, containers that you would eat the popcorn and then you, it was like a blowhorn. Remember? Yeah, it was a megaphone. It was a megaphone. You then start cheering for the team. Right. So I actually have on one of those, because ripped off a piece of the megaphone, Joe DiMaggio's signature on that, which is kind of cool. And my favorite Red Sox piece that I own, and I have a lot, is probably worthless. But again, it's what you said. It means a lot to me, which I have a picture. I got invited to the owner's suite at Fenway Park. And Haywood Sullivan's um, kid, we were friends with at the time, Sharon, and I took a picture of a picture. So in the owner's suite, it had Ted Williams picture of him signing the first contract he ever signed with Tom Yawkey and the general manager at the time. And I have that picture. And that's one of my treasured, I don't know, things that really is just worthless. But I do I do love it because what it represents, you know? You know, you know, it's interesting you bring that up, Merrill, because one thing that I cherish that I have is as you know, when you're collecting memorabilia, there's two aspects to a memorabilia piece. One is a side piece. And what is a signed piece to you personally or someone personally? When it's signed personally, it really loses a lot of its value to resell it, but it means more to you. And I remember going, I think I was with you, and we went to the Red Sox winter dinner where the players were at. And we would go there, and there was a, a time slot, probably about 15 minutes, where you could actually go and get autographs. And you'd kind of fight your way through. So I went with you, and my goal was to get Nomar for my boys. It wasn't even for me. And Nomar was nice. He did sign it to my son, Jake, and whatever. 
Then I kind of tried to get out of the way. And as I moved down, the Red Sox at that time had acquired a brand new pitcher that winter. And who was it? But it was Pedro Martinez. So I asked Pedro to sign a baseball to my son, Jake. And Pedro was fabulous. He was engaging. He was chatty. And he gave me the baseball. And when he gave it to me, the baseball says to Jake from your new friend, Pedro Martinez. And that's like a special item. That's very unique. It's tied only to my son. And I love the fact that Pedro took the time to do that. And it's not something that I would sell. I could sell. It has no value to anyone but me. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Speaking about Nomar, I have not traded a lot of memorabilia with anybody. You may be the only one, which if you remember, I traded you a Nomar. I got two Nomar Garcia power balls that night. And Nomar was interesting. Everybody obviously in the memorabilia world wants the players to sign on the sweet spot. There's a certain spot on the baseball. Nomar was interesting. If you were paying for it, he would. If you were not paying for it, he he purposely turned the ball upside down and wouldn't sign on the sweet spot. But I remember trading with you that night a, a Nomar ball for a Pedro hat, which I still have proudly displayed in my office. Um, and, it, you know, it's interesting because, you know, I thought all along I would have all these baseball cards and I have set after set and these plastic sheets and I have. I have hundreds of thousands of baseball cards. I don't know what I'm going to do with it because I don't think my kids have any interest in it. Have you thought that through? Is it going to, is it going to Drew, Jake, Rachel? What are you doing with it? Having a having a fire sale? What are you going to do? <laughs> maybe a fire, maybe a fire sale. No, my 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 boys would take that over. I would I would split that up with them. They could have that kind of memorabilia that I have. Okay. And they have their own. They have their own collections that I happen to have put away of things that they collected or got as kids that meant something to them. So over the years, Rick, I've been very fortunate because most people, when they come into my office, they know quickly that I put a high value in friends and friendship, you know, family and friends. They see some industry awards, but they gravitate to all the memorabilia in my office, which there is a lot including um, like home plate that probably has 35 or 40 baseballs signed um, inside this, in this, inside this home plate hanging on my wall. And basically it's fun trying to, trying to guess who signed what, right? Well, over the years, I've gotten some really cool gifts. Like I remember Homer Bush giving me, he went to a, um, an auction, a silent auction, and he bought me a, uh, you know, as part of a charity, he bought me a Jeff Gordon, real Jeff Gordon jacket that has all the patches and signed by Jeff and all this other stuff. And my buddy, Will Morris, who was my, my insurance guy for many, many, many years, he actually gave me, brought to my office a Jackie Robinson. They only had 42 of them. They're signed leather jackets with all these patches on it and Jackie's resemblance and just just absolutely gorgeous and i'll have that the rest of my life have you gotten gifts over the years well i remember uh stacy won one time a um an autographed bruins hockey stick that i still have of the team um i I, i've definitely gotten a lot of gifts a lot of like just interesting weird things i believe you gave me a framed um magazine that was when the new Gillette Stadium at the time 
was it CMGI? Oh, yeah. I still have that. I still have the stuff that you and I collected in 1999. Yeah. Well, we have that was the All Star game. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. That was a great time. We got a lot of silly things that I still have to this day that mean something to me. Yeah. And do you remember? Not only did we go to you and I, not only went to the 1999 All Star game. Remember when we went to San Francisco? Yeah. Right. Yeah, that was a fun time too. That was it, is, and I have Super Bowl. You know, some of the things that I have that are fun is I have the Super Bowl tickets from um, going to the games that I went to when the Patriots went. I went to several of those, and and one aspect of uh, of memorabilia that I don't know if we talked about. Uh, there's the aspect of of collecting things either for players that you like or respect, and I know you have some of those in the office. Also moments that you've collected as well but there's the aspect of memorabilia collecting that is the putting together of sets as an example i kind of got caught up in in something where i wound up over the course of time through different websites and ebay i have a collection of all of the hall of fame bats that they produce and they only produce anywhere from 500 to a thousand ever on each induction class for the baseball hall of fame full-length bats very nice brown bats and that was more of like i just want to get the collection of all of them i happen to have every red sock yearbook all the way back to the 50s I have wow. every one of those. I have every Super Bowl program since they started the Super Bowl in 66. So that's collecting a memorabilia more to continue a set. And I think there's a lot of people that do that as well. So one of my favorite and oddest things that I've had signed is I once flew from Dallas, Texas to New York with Nolan Ryan, not Nolan Ryan on the plane. Nolan Ryan sitting next to you. In fact, if you remember, I knew he was going to sit next to me. And I called you and said, okay, what should I say to him? What question should I ask? Remember? Yeah, absolutely. Because he went under the name Lynn, which is his he real did. first he, name. He, he did. He did. And I actually, yeah, it was. it's a funny story that um, we'll share at another time. But the reality is I spoke to him for about three and a half hours, four hours straight. And I had him sign my boarding pass which is just a fun thing, right? What's the, is there a goofy piece of memorabilia or a, an oddest thing that you've had signed? Yeah, you know, I'd really have to go in and take a look. I, 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 I'd have to think about that. There's a lot of odd things that I, that I have in there that I've had signed, that I've kept, um, and I'd probably have to go through them and really take a look um, to give you a good idea of that, unfortunately. I'll try to think about it as we continue the discussion. And try to come up with something yeah. by the end. Well, uh, it's interesting because, you know, I have um, a, a seat from old Boston Garden, the old orange chairs. It's actually signed by Larry Bird. And I have it in my garage. I don't even have it displayed anywhere. Um, I think you – did we get those together? Do you have one too? I don't have one of those. I do have two seats from Fenway Park. Uh, when they were redoing it, I have those two seats and I do have third base as well from a game. So those are fun. I put those out on display. Yeah, I actually have third base from a Red Sox Cleveland 
um, Indians game from a few years ago. That's actually in a shadow box in my in my office in Irving. Let's end with this, Ruth. Do you think you'll continue just collecting for fun, or, or, or is there going to come a point where you're like, all right, I'm done. I got enough of this stuff. Well, I've kind of got it. I got to that point with baseball cards a long time ago. So I kind of pulled away from that. Now I kind of just collect things randomly uh, if it's just in the moment. And I do a lot of the collecting that I'll do geared towards my kids, things that bring them back memories, um, different things that I think is a lot of fun. Uh, The other thing I've been collecting that I'll do is every presidential election you see those people they'll have the signs out on their yard or they'll have them posted places with different posters once the election is over i'll probably bounce around and grab a a bunch of those because they're either going to get thrown out and i have those for probably the last four or five presidential elections and that's kind of fun to post out oh that's cool that's great well rick listen fun stuff Thanks again for listening to myself and Rick Hurwitz and discuss some sports memorabilia. This is the On The Mark Podcast. My name is Merrill Dubrow. Have a great day.